wonderful opportunities that opened up during the pandemic itself. It's a simple saying where ada hikmah di sebalik COVID lah. One of the first confusing thing where I had when I wanted to, you know, think about buying a property was that 10% deposit. How the hell am I going to get that money? So um, when you when you have the income of 2008, they will use that as a factor of a calculation. Let's say you borrow for 30 years, you can multiply your 2008 to factor of 200. So that's where you know you're eligible for the loan amount. Hello and welcome back to Euphoria by Malaysia Clinic. This is another episode we are doing today. My name is Ash and our usual co-host Daryl is in the show as well. Hi Daryl. Hi everyone. Today is a special episode. We're going to do a bit of a how-to intro guide. We have brought you guys two special guests. They are both professional uh, property consultants. Please welcome to the show. Kishan, hi. Hi, hi. Thanks for having me around. And we also have a property guru, uh, Mr. Jimmy Chong. Welcome to the show. Hi, hi everyone. So the thing that we're going to talk about today is all about property buying, right? At some point, yes. you wake up, you decide, hey, I think I'm old enough to buy like a house. You look at a few YouTube videos, you see, oh, this house is so nice. I wish it could be mine, right? And then you start looking around. But there are so many confusion, so many mysteries and so many questions around how to buy a property. And we're going to try to demit some of these questions on the show today. All right, you know, we, we, we don't want to go into really deep details. But before we go into any further questions, can you brief us very, you know, simply, how do we finance a property? If you want to buy a property, how do you go about it? To buy a property, most important is uh, to get a loan from a bank. Mm-hmm. Of course, bank will always look into what you do. I mean, your position, you're employed or self-employed. They need to see your source of income. Is it stable or not? Mm-hmm. So they will take your stability income. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for example, you're an employee, you need mm-hmm. to be at least six months and you need to be a confirmed staff so that the, the bank will, will look into your profile that uh, you're in a stable job. But of course, uh, now pandemic is a uh, bank is very sensitive. They mm-hmm. want to see uh, which industry in as well. Of course, you're in the event, you're in the tourism, the approval will be it's a bit uh, more difficult. Difficult, I yes. See. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, I mean, we're talking about when we talk about financing a property, we got to think about what is the price of the property, right? I'm assuming that the banks will do check based on the price of the property that we want to purchase. All right. The price of property is uh, very subjective because the uh, bank is always checked into the bank valuation on the property mm-hmm. valuation. The valuation mm-hmm. is based on the track record, the mm-hmm. past transaction, the history transaction. They, mm-hmm. they need to see uh, what's the record. But of course, uh, sometimes you buy a new launch property, they will consider higher value because mm-hmm. uh, this is a determined by end financing because they have already uh, determined the price that when completion, what is the value. So basically, how much money do I sort of need to have before I even start thinking about purchasing a property? I assume there is a deposit, there is also 100% loans. Uh, can you just talk a bit about that? Uh, something uh, in common that we actually let people know these days is that uh, there are wonderful opportunities that opened up during the pandemic itself. Mm. Okay, so mm. at this it's point, not all many bad. people are asking, like, correct? Uh, it's, it's, it's a simple saying where ada hikmah di sebalik COVID lah. Okay, oh. so <laughs> I mean, um, how do we go about that? Is because it sort of uh, opened up many doors towards property ownership. And it's it's very important to understand at the moment that 
is there an opportunity during the crisis? And these are what mm. that is being offered out at the moment in the sense that banks are offering wonderful interest rates at this point mm. of time. And then developers are encouraging people to buy properties. Uh, I mean, how do they do that? They actually offer rebates. They offer wonderful packages. You might be able to see. Nowadays, there's free SPA, no down payment, zero down payment, all of these things. So all of these things mm -hmm. opened up widely to people. And these are the opportunities that are around at this moment, which is to be grabbed. Why? Because prices are made more affordable during this time. So that's mm. why there's a question asking whether this is a good time to buy. It's actually a wonderful time to purchase a property and become an owner. Yeah, That's interesting. Mm. Mm. Because they want to promote, they want people to start spending much more than they mm. used to Correct. at this point in time. Government also encouraging to, uh, especially those people who didn't own the asset, they encourage mm -hmm. them to buy, especially with this plan of a HOC plan. HOC mm. stands for Home Ownership Campaign. Mm. They've extended until end of the year. What they get is they actually ease off the stamp duty, which can cost you 2-3% of the purchase price. And also, they encourage the people to give the first down deposit as a zero deposit. That means wow. they ease off the 10%. So it's easy, especially the first home buyer, mm -hmm. they can take the option of some sort like almost 100% loan. And also, mm. some they come with a plan of a house key. They have this uh, like uh, interest payment loan for the first five years as well. Right, and, and does that mean much longer uh, installment? Because, you know, you have no down yeah. payment, it's 100% loan, so I'm assuming that's does that much make a lot extended, of right? Yeah. Mm. yeah, it depends. Uh, if, let's say, you take the uh, normal mortgage loan, it's mm. always depend on your age. So, bank is always giving up to 35 years mm -hmm. if your age, like, uh, 35 years uh, age and below. If, mm. Because the bank will give you maximum up to 70 years, most of the bank, uh, but case to mm. case, some they mm. can give beyond that uh, if your profile is good they can give you a longer period as well. Mm. So it's dependent on your age, not really the price or, you know, how much down payment you put. I don't think it works like a car. It, it's mm. sort of like a set set number of years that you pay. What are the interest rates like in, in today's, uh, you know, mortgage plans? Yeah, as per today, the interest rate is very attractive. This is the lowest amount of history. Oh, wow. Uh, history. Okay. So now the, the even the bank, they're offering the first few years at 2%. As average now, uh, the, the rate is about 3.3% 3, 3, 3 to get a various bank, various package as well. What was mm. it was like in the past? Like say maybe On five average, years ago? Yeah. yeah. Oh, five years ago. It used to be like uh, maybe minus the BRR was rate was 6.5%. 6 oh, wow. It's much higher. Mm. Yeah. So now we're talking about buying, right? But just, you know, pause a bit there, break a little bit. <laughs> should I be renting or should I be buying? A lot of my friends and young people, they, they sort of like have to travel to live in the city and work, right? For example, I'm from Johor, I come to KL. Yeah, the first thing dilemma. I do is I rent a house, right? <laughs> you rent an apartment or something until you start thinking about buying, right? Like, you know, the conception in my head is if I'm going to pay a certain amount, like right now I'm paying, you know, probably seven 800 bucks a month on rent. But as far as I understand, if I, you know, end up paying maybe 1000 or 1500 or something like that on, on rental, I might as well just buy that place. But that's what mm. I understand. La. So, mm -hmm. when do you know what is most ideal for your situation? Whether to rent or to buy? I, I, I'll just share a quick opinion on this. And I think this one relates more uh, 
towards your appetite actually what mm. are you looking for in buying a property so there's mm. two ways to look about it do you want the property to be generating cash flow for you or do you want to be in a situation where you have to generate cash flow in order to fund the property uh, it's it's two ways whereby if you want the property to generate cash flow for you then mm-hmm. you should become the property owner but then you should be renting out the property to potential tenants so, so you don't occupy correct hmm. you do not occupy so that the property actually generate you cash flow because it's very important to understand here guys property is not like vehicle property hmm. appreciates over the years and hmm. this is what we are looking for capital gains the rental yield is what we are looking for in buying a property so it depends on your appetite the other hmm. scenario is whereby in case you buy a property and you occupy it you will be in a situation uh, whereby you will need to generate cash flow in order to fund the property itself basically to service the loan which is also mm-hmm. a situation that many people prefers why not because you have a property your own home mm-hmm. and you have mm-hmm. a roof over your head that you can go back to any time without needing to pay any rentals but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's two different appetites that i would throw out here First of all, you must understand what is a uh, asset and liability, lah. So if you buy a house, you buy for own use, it's always a liability because you're not generating income. If you buy mm-hmm. a property, uh, come with the rental, that one's generate asset. So mm-hmm. we actually we applying the uh, like what our Robert Kiyosaki said, lah, the concept mm-hmm. of uh, others people money, and also other people's time. So this mm-hmm. is very important. Let's say example, you 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 buy a property, that one's a uh, asset. So you invest, you rent to people. Uh, you leveraging on the bank loan. You paying the installment. The bank is your others people money. So at the mm. same time, you getting the rental from your tenant. So the tenant mm. is paying your commitment, your installment. So every month you're generating a passive income through the property. Beside mm. that, uh, you get rental income. You are generating the capital gain from the property. So you're getting two income at the same time. So you when you earn the money is when you sell. When you sell, you pay the bank. The bank reduce the principal. So you make a profit from there. So this how simple. Of course, when you buy your own house, uh, we consider as a liability lah. So of course you you need to uh, pay the installment without any income, unless you buy a house yeah, alone. You just take a room, you rent the other rooms lah. So it's partially you get the rental income. So of course mm. you you have your property. You you let's say you buy a condo, you stay in yourself. You buy for own use. You need to pay the maintenance fees, utility fees. Uh, these are the the fees you need to bear. If you rent to your tenant, the tenant will pay your utility fees, and then uh, of course you just pay the minimum cost for it, lah. Yeah. Right. So so it all boils down to the fundamental objective, lah. Right. Whether right. you want to make money, you want to you know live and also make money in the same property, or you want to you know invest it and then live elsewhere. So you know like me, my friends, my my peers. Right, we are all still uh, at the at the rental stage, right? Like some fortunate ones have already, you know, gotten their their own places and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. How do we know whether we are ready to buy a property or not? How to know whether we are financially stable enough to mm-hmm. commit ourselves to you know twenty thirty year long loans and stuff like that? What mm-hmm. are the, you know the fundamental signs? To show that okay, you are capable enough to own a property of your own. Yeah, it's always uh look into your income because now property price is uh, uh getting higher and higher because mm-hmm. uh of uh demand population increase and even the building material is going up. 
the labor mm-hmm. cost is getting higher because a lot mm. of uh, they use foreign labor, they need to spend on the approval, the permit. So these are the costs for the developer. I mean, of course, like there's some property like uh, below 500,000. Those are maybe as a startup, you can go for those. As long as you have an income, maybe an income like uh, 3,500 and above, uh, you can consider to invest the property there. So nice. 3,500 and above, uh, you know, if your income is around that range, you are technically able to buy a property that's about 500k. Yes and no, la, because it depends on your, your profile. Because you, right. the that, bank will that, still consider your commitment. Let's say you have credit card, your car loan. It will mm-hmm. reduce the loan amount that you borrow. I see. And, and you know, while we're talking about, you know, the, the, the ratio as to how much your income is and, you know, your profile and whatnot, and also the price of the property, is there a certain gauge to know how much is overspending. So if I'm earning X amount of money, how do I know what my limit as to the, the property price should be? <laughs> so uh, in terms of loan, right, uh, when you, let's say you borrow from the bank, right, bank will consider, let's say you're living alone, they will, they will take up like 1,500 ringgit a month as your commitment. <laughs> the, the first thing first is a general, general calculation uh, for all mm, the banks. Mm, mm, mm. So the rest is uh, they consider your money allowance, the, the additional one. Are you eligible to get the loan? So they will calculate that seventy percent of your money income. Let's say you're getting like uh four thousand ringgit as a as an example. Mm-hmm. So seventy percent is two thousand eight. That means every month you get a buffer of two thousand eight of repayment of an installment. Uh, this is how they calculate. So um, when you when you have the income of two thousand eight, they will use that as a factor of a calculation. Let's say you borrow for thirty years, just as an example. Uh, you can you can multiply your two thousand eight to factor of 200 so that's where you know you're eligible for the loan amount i see okay okay <laughs> understood 70 percent of your monthly salary mm-hmm. multiply it by 200 and that's a very rough calculation to know how much the property is you can afford lah, right, right. Mm-hmm. yeah i think that's good because like i i know i know there's one thing about about cars i remember someone told me this but i never heard this about about uh properties i remember cars they said is, is if you take your monthly salary you multiply mm. it by 12. And then mm. that's a very rough gauge as to know how much of a value of a car you can afford. If your salary is around, what, 5,000? So, so you, you know, you can afford cars, say, like 60,000, uh, mm. more or less. If anything, more, more than that, you're considered overspending. So I think that's a very good gauge for properties as well. Hello there, while we are talking about purchasing property, whether it's for you to stay in or for your investment, I just want you to know that one of the best investments that you can do for yourself is to subscribe to a good news source. And for us, that's Malaysia Kini. You can now subscribe to Malaysia Kini for as low as 12 ringgit per month. You can check out all the other offers that we provide to group and individuals at membership.malaysiakini.com offers. Thank you. So when we think about buying a property, right, you know, what are some of the criteria that needs to go in there? What are some of the important things I should look at? Me being an amateur, a noob, you know, I'm, I look at pictures and I see, ah, the house might look nice. And then I look at it, I'm interested in it. What are the, some of the other things besides, you know, just for vanity sake, right? <laughs> just looking at the facade, is it a house, nice house or not? What are some of the key things I need to know 
Yeah, I think one of the most key things in Malaysia that is very important to look at is uh, number one, it would be the developers itself. Okay, so mm. these days there are many promises made by developers, but there are also cases where during the delivery of the property, uh, promises are not kept. Okay, mm. at this point, mm. it creates a lot of issues that we want to avoid. So, in mm. order to do that, it is very important to actually research on the developers. But before you even look into that, of course, it's very important to know that what sort of property you're looking at. Is it a landed property or you're looking to buy maybe a high-rise property? And then mm-hmm. it goes back to the question, what is the objective of the purchase? Are you looking mm-hmm. to stay there with your family? You're probably going to be building a family, say, in, uh, in two, three years' time. Or mm-hmm. are you looking to uh, let it go for investment? And then it goes to the question of the developer. Okay, so let's look at a potential developer. So how do you source out a good developer? It's very easy in the sense that you can even find out who are the public listed developers in Malaysia. So public mm-hmm. listed developers, are, it's very safe to go with their products because they are public listed in Malaysia. They hold the people's uh, confidence and mandate. So uh, people has invested, public has invested into their company. So of course, their deliveries are very good. Uh, just to name some, Say it's uh, say Tropicana, uh, Sam Dhabi, quite a bit of them, they are the big names. And on top of that, after completing point number one, two, three, which is the developer, of course, most important question is the location. So it depends mm. on your appetite. If you're looking to invest, that means you're looking for good rental yield. You might want to look at a place that probably has good human traffic, has good student population, so that you can mm. actually achieve the highest rental yield. Or maybe if you're looking to stay there with your family, you might want to look into a less dense place where there's not much people. It's peaceful, very serene, beautiful looking Mm -hmm. place. These are the few questions that we will need to check first before you decide on where to uh, look. Because if you don't narrow down, guys, if you can look at the whole Klang Valley, Klang Valley is massive. Where are we to start Mm. at? So these are the few uh, checkpoints that we need to clear first before you dive into which property exactly to get. At, at the start of uh, what you just mentioned, you, you spoke about the promises that all these developers make. What mm. kind of promises are you talking about that, that people should be you know careful about? Yeah, when you purchase a property, you only see a showroom. Okay? Right, and that's the yeah. pretty pretty so, ones. La. Correct, those are the, the beautiful the miniature ones. Things, that, uh. Correct, it needs to be, it's a, it's a sale uh, gallery, you know, so that's where mm. a sale is taking place. So, of course, you see the best. However, during delivery, you will tend to see, okay, for an example, maybe the entrance to the entire residence per se. Maybe they will have beautiful, uh, how do I say, arch, uh, gates mm-hmm. and so forth. At the gallery, at the plan, it will look wow. In their videos, in their pictures, it will look wow. All are artist impressions, yes. But during delivery, it might be so moderate. Yeah, mm-hmm. you might feel mm-hmm. like, hey, did I actually pay this much for this? A second thing mm-hmm. would be, say, the lift, the lift layout itself. You see, the lift is something, if you're living in a high-rise place, the lift is something that gets you up and down every day. Without it, it's very difficult. It's important to maintain the ambience of the place itself, you know. So, certain places might be sold to you with so much promises, but when you get it, you feel like, hmm, okay, it's, it's just okay. A gimmick. Yeah, so it's just a gimmick. Correct. Yeah, so... So it's very important to go back 
to the previous developments that the de developers have delivered before. Visit the place, have a look, look at their, their finishings of the place and what you might be right. able to expect in your mm -hmm. new place. It gives you a good precedent to decide. Lah. I was in the process of looking for a property and of course I called Kishan and we spoke a little bit about that. One of the things that I noticed is something uh, in terms of location when buying property is the road access, which is I thought was something really, really important because it takes so much time when you're traveling, when the roads don't connect, even though it is probably close to your workplace. But because there is no proper road access, you're making this long, you know, sort of like a round around road until you get to your work. And that in the long run can cause a lot of problems, right, in terms of money. It's just a waste of time, right? And and uh, they say if you have children, one of the best things for you to, you know, uh, find location is very close to a school because it reduces a lot of wastage in terms of time and money and it's just way more secure for the mm. children. Just now, Kishin, I mean, slightly going back to, to like what you said, you know, watching out for all these kind of promises, going back, looking at past projects and stuff mm. like that. Aside from this, what are some of the common mistakes or maybe not even mistakes, ah. sometimes what people overlook, you know, when purchasing a, a property? What are, are you know, these this common things which people often miss out or overlook or, you know, make mistakes? And There's a few things is important. Uh, if, let's say, you buy a property, also, one thing is uh, the location, like just how Kishan said, uh, mm -hmm. let's say you're a family person. When you need to find, uh, ideally find a township with the mm -hmm. school around, uh, with your, your kids, where you have uh, all the childcare, all the facilities. And let's say you are living with your parents, you buy a house with your parents. Most one thing you have, a, 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 you have a hospital nearby or clinic nearby mm -hmm. is the where you need to consider. And also the shopping mall, uh, which is Access. also important. For uh, groceries and groceries, yeah, so mm. that you won't like uh wasting a time to travel so far to shop all these things. So mm. these are the convenience. Uh. In terms of also uh on the loan side, if possible, I mean a lot of people like to do a uh, joint loan, a uh, couple because mm. if if can not put the name together, you can use individual name to buy first to try first mm. instead of joining loan. Okay, because as you know, uh each individual, we got a, a quota of a ninety percent loan for the mm. first two property. When mm -hmm. come to third property, you will need to borrow for residential. You will borrow up to seventy percent if you come to third property. I see. Mm. I see. Yeah. Okay. If let's say you plan to buy your own house and want to invest more property, uh, you can go for let's say a couple, uh, mm -hmm. a husband and wife. Let's say you mm -hmm. use one name for your own house, you can buy another three property with ninety percent loan. In fact, because now especially now, uh, it's time for invest property. They can like go for property with zero down payment with a HOC plan. In mm -hmm. fact, they can withdraw EPF money. They mm. can enhance the cash flow for, for at, the, mm -hmm. at the time being. So you can get the cash flow to renovate the house. Literally, you're actually leveraging a lot of things that you're not coming up much cost from your pocket. I see. Just talking on the subject of taking your money out of EPF, can, could you explain to me how this works? Because I heard like, uh, you know, if you loan like 90% and then you have 10% deposit to pay, say that you're buying a half a million house and then the deposit will be about uh, 50,000. You can get that money out of EPF. Is, that, uh, is it a is smart that... thing to do also? Yeah, as well, yeah. I mean, it's up to the buyer, but of course, they're entitled to get normally first time to mm. withdraw from the account too, from the EPF. Let's say you have sufficient enough money, you can withdraw out. That's why some of the client, they, they take up as extra cash flow. Actually, from EPF, they're allowed to take up to 20%. If mm -hmm. let's say you propose you, I need to do some renovation, buy a 500,000 property. 
they allow you to take up to 100,000, but subject to approval. But of course, in normal situation, they allow you to take 10%. It's case, case to case. They need to interview first. They say, okay, you got this additional cost. You need to do renovation. They allow you to take out extra money. So that is something that we should be look out for. Because when I one of the first confusing things where I had when I wanted to, you know, think about buying a property was that ten percent deposit. How the hell am I gonna get that money? Right? Because most of us don't just have it just lying around forty, fifty thousand, especially younger folks, twenty-eight, twenty-seven, who have worked for several years. But there's a possibility that the money is sitting in EPF account too. That's a possibility. And you can go out and you know get that ten percent out of there if you need to. So moving on, we, we spoke about investment and occupying and all that stuff. You know, what are some of the properties that we need to look out for? Uh, what are some of the best ways for us to hunt a property? Uh, you know, what are some of the yeah. options? So like, you know, for, for people like us, we, we're thinking, you know, even considering, you know, buying a property, but we have completely no idea where to start, right? And and I understand this is also where people like uh, Kishan and also Jimmy comes in because mm-hmm. you know these these guys are the experts. These are the people who are able to advise people like us. But like you know, for someone who has no idea what to do, where do they go? Of course, uh, when you're first time buyer, you're new. I mean, I think especially now, uh, especially the the young people, their most concern is the cash flow. Mm-hmm. How much cash they need to fork out? Because you see, uh, if you buy a normal secondary market, a uh, normal house. We call it sub-sale. Let's say your first home buyer, you buy the secondary market. So you need to come up with 10%. Besides that 10%, you need to fork up additional 5%. Uh, is for the legal fees, the stamp duty, yep. and then you need to pay the loan stamp duty, plus the, all the insurance, the MRTA, plus some of the renovation. So actually, your upfront cost is about 15%. Let's say, example, you buy a, a house, 500000 mm-hmm. You need to come up actually about 80000 just an estimation. This mm. a lot of money there. Upfront, yeah. Yes, upfront. upfront. Yeah. So this is a very heavy cost, especially for young people. Mm-hmm. So because young people, they buy property, their, their salary is, let's say, example, 4,000 ringgit, they need to spend money. Maybe one year, they only can save up maybe 10,000 or, or you can really save up maybe 20,000 a year. Mm-hmm. You need to take many years in order to achieve this. And at the same time, property prices are keep going up. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to change this uh, inflation? It's very mm-hmm. challenging. So the, mm-hmm. the next step is they can look for a new launch property, which where I mentioned huh? they come with a package with a 10% rebate or some they're even giving more. Right, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. So you can buy mm-hmm. the property. If let's say you're eligible loan higher, in fact, you can somehow you can leveraging some cash out money from there. So you can actually use the money to spend and at the same time, I said just I mentioned you can leverage on your EPF money as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So which is why new properties are way more appealing to the younger crowd lah. That's, right. that's that's why it is. I see. And and you know, uh, Jimmy, you spoke a little bit about sub sales just now. I mean, in general, are old properties any any good in oh, buying yeah. at this point in time? So again, well, the question is your appetite again. What are you looking for in the property? Is it is it for investment? Are you looking to stay there? Why? Because for sub sale, you don't really get any rebates. You don't really get any zero down payment. So it's more of a straightforward uh, sale as per uh, Ash was asking earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. How do I get the 10% down payment and so forth? Quite a bit of money to fork out. So these are the things that you have to consider because for sub-sale, there isn't really any rebates. There's no discounts. There's no zero down payment. Because you don't deal with the developer. Like you work with yeah. the owner directly. Like. Correct. Yeah. It is a secondary property. 
since it's a two individual uh, dealing together, these are things that need to be considered. But of course, there might be good value to certain properties, especially if those are below market value. So if it's below market value, then of course you will enjoy the benefits over the years because property appreciates. Mm-hmm. Like for people who are looking to buy properties, where exactly do you guys come in when it comes to purchasing the property? I mean, for us, uh, we do it very differently. For us, we are quite concerned about their clients' loan. Are they eligible to get? Because a lot of people, they, they, they don't know their commitment. They don't know how to calculate. They just make a booking. When the loan reject, then they, they, they refund. But especially when they make the booking, when they submit the loan, the loan reject, right? there will be a record in your CITOS. After that, you want to buy another property, the bank will ask why your, there's a record uh, rejected loan. So mm-hmm. there, there is uh, some of the record there. But of course, you need to wait some time to, to clear off. Uh. Right. So, so your CITOS is basically like your credit record. Lah. Yes. Especially credit card is one of the major killer. If they spend on credit card, let's say, example, you, you own, let's say, a 10,000 credit card. You take up your 500 ringgit money commitment because it's minimum 5%. Because mm-hmm. this 5 ringgit right, can help you to, if you're using for, to buy property, right, you can leverage up to 100k to mm-hmm. worth of the mortgage value. So mm-hmm. it's very important that to manage your credit. And also mm-hmm. uh, the other commitment is a lot of people, young people that have a student loan. Mm-hmm. If you can, you can clear off earlier and also personal loan. Because a lot of people, when they couldn't cope with the credit card, they will borrow personal loan to cover the credit card. It's actually is that snowball keep rolling bigger and bigger. So right. eventually, they, they come up to middle age, they get married, there will be more debts because they buy a house, buy a bigger car. So they, they or, or, or did they even haven't buy a house yet or buy a bigger car, right? They spend on the wedding, all these things, they have more liability on it. Mm. Yeah. Correct. And just to add a little bit more to what uh, Jimmy mentioned, uh, I think most importantly, where we come in would be the educating part because our intentions are basically to educate people about property investment before even purchasing. So uh, we actually have different events, many events uh, going mm. on on our Kentroprop uh, profile itself. If people are looking to buy a property with no down payment, it is possible. Or maybe they are looking to use property investment to settle all their debts. Debts meaning PTPTN, personal loan, credit cards, any sort of debt. If they are looking to settle all of their debts, property investment is the answer. And if you are an entrepreneur owning any business and you're looking for capital injection, this is also a solution that we can provide you with. Please do follow us on Cantoprop Instagram, Facebook as well. We have weekly events that goes on online and we have a property gym that is being held online as well. So the property gym focuses more on, uh, if you can see the acronyms is GYM, it's basically grow your money. Mm-hmm. So we, we share a lot of knowledge as well as tips and tactics to actually uh, generate cash flow as well as grow your money. So follow us on Instagram, Facebook on Kentroprop, K-E-N-T-R-O-Prop. And, and these weekly gyms, are they free? Yeah, they are all free. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kishan and Jimmy, once again for helping us out, for, you know, 
giving us some tips and tricks as to you know what we should look out for uh, in buying properties. Thanks, guys, for having us around. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, thank- for listening to the very end of the podcast. Uh, we hope there's a lot for you to bring back home and consider when you want to purchase your first home, your first house, whether it's for investment or for staying in. If you guys want to check out our previous episode, you can check it out on Euphoria by Malaysia Kini on Spotify. And if you want to check out our previous posts, you can always check us out on Euphoria MK on Facebook and also Instagram. Thank you so much, everyone. We'll catch you on the very next episode.